Hello and welcome to another episode of FPL Context and I'm absolutely buzzing. I've done him. I've finally done him. It's, it's 2-1. Greg, you've had a wild card nightmare. How, do you, how are you feeling, mate? Uh, it's, it's a bit of a shambles, mate. I'm not going to lie. I'm still pretty happy with my team, but last game week was not pleasant. Honestly, it was a, it was a painful one. Wild card horror show. Yeah, I saw um, I saw a stat today that said the average points for people on their wildcard was lower than the average points of the general um, FPL community. So it seems like most wildcarders are an absolute mare. And I can tell you for sure I definitely joined them on that. Well, you picked the wrong week because, um, like you said last week, you know, usually with FPL, it's our, wow, you had an amazing game week or I've not done that well. But last game week, it was like, oh, I've done either good or I've done really shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the the measuring stick was either less like I've done less shit than you. Than <laughs> I've done I've done really well. So. Yeah, I feel like the game week that just went. It was like everyone was in the same boat, and that boat was sinking very fast. Yeah, yeah. It's like you literally gave yourself a pat on the back if you got over thirty five points, and that says all. <laughs> So um, that's literally like Man United giving themselves a pat on the back for drawing with drawing with Crystal Palace or something like that. Well, well done, lads. Well done. It could have been worse. Yeah, you're not completely shit. It was like when well, Liverpool celebrated that draw against West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the players went out to the crowd and started bowing. Yeah, well, that was the early Klopp years, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they've, come, they've come a long way. They've come a long way. Or when Wales scored that last minute again goal against Andorra and the qualifiers and the, and the pitch invasion against Andorra. To be fair, I haven't heard Andorra a quality side. Yeah, they've got really good butchers and farmers playing for them, actually. <laughs> some of them like, some of them run green grocers and all. So. <laughs> yeah, they can, well, they can't really play football, but if you, if you really want like a nice slab of meat or you want like a newspaper or a magazine from like Andorra, then they can sort you out. They can yeah. sort you out either. So um, yeah, so well done to Wales for scoring those goals against the the shop owners and the farmers. Um, pitch invasion. Well, I guess it was merited. Not. Um, so anyway, what we're going to do, guys, is we've got an agenda. We can quickly talk about what was a. Uh, a terrible game week and what we put on Twitter asking people their high points and low points of the week which was really interesting for thanks for getting involved in that then we're going to talk about game week freeze fixtures what we saw and what to do with Timo Werner a big talking point mm-hmm. and then what we're going to do is we're going to look into get game, game week four captaincy and game week four differentials now I've taken a 2-1 lead in the differentials mm-hmm. let's be the standard's been really poor um I won it last week because Greg's player didn't play. <laughs> so, and I got a two pointer. Uh, so, not quite. It doesn't, it doesn't feel as good, but a win's a win. So, we'll take it. So, <laughs> Greg, let's start off with um, the high points and low points. Yeah. So, on Twitter, we put a post out asking people to give us their low points and high points of the game week because. Game week three was a tragedy for most of us, really. So, one high point, which was quite funny, which was a common trend across um, a lot of people who commented, Greg, was the the Callum Wilson pen. Now, obviously, there was a lot of talk around the the handball, 
And um, while managers are going, oh, it's a disgrace, it's a disgrace for FBL managers go fucking get in there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine Callum Wilson is absolutely jumping around their living room. But my yeah, God, what an awful decision. Well, uh, to be honest, anything against Jose, I love it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so thank you to at F- uh, Liverpool underscore 30 underscore and at FPO underscore Beery and at the underscore FPO underscore T because those guys let us know that the Wilson pen really was the high point of their week. And obviously one pen from Callum Wilson, if that's your high point, you're having a tough week. Um, <laughs> but what was quite interesting also was, so for uh, Lee uh, at Liverpool underscore 30 underscore his was Son Greg, and obviously Son was someone you kept the faith with in your wildcard team. And for him to hit the crossbar twice and to go off at half times, uh, well, it's like stepping in dog shit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I was messenger about it. I was like, even though Son hadn't scored in the first half, I'm absolutely, I'm buzzing. I think he's done really well. It was a two um, hits on the post. I'm definitely glad I put him in my wildcard team. About five minutes later, I hear that he's not playing the second half. I'm like, flipping hell, can't catch a break. I was loving it. <laughs> I was literally laughing on the phone to Greg going, he's done his Amy. He's done his Amy. <laughs> it was so frustrating, honestly. Um, yes, but obviously with the news coming out around Son, it looks like he might be back off the international break. So are you going to keep hold? I think that's what I'm currently thinking. I've tried to replace him, but I'm not really that um convinced by anyone i really liked son whilst he was in my team so i'm tempted to just hold if that is the case but it's going to be one that's touch and go really see how it goes yeah and there's another one here for me which is well this is a talking point we're going to move on to but one of the big disappointments for me over the weekend was Werner, another blank obviously against west brom a lot of people captained them so at fpl rowan and at hms overington they both one of them, Captain Werner. And obviously, it's a bit of a worry around him. He's not scored a goal in the Premier League yet. He scored he scored midweek, but he came off a cramp, so there's worries there. So Werner's a talking point where we'll move on to, Greg. But obviously, that was felt throughout the community. People are and ahhing about Werner now. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it's definitely one on everyone's mind, especially if they hold him. So it'll be good to have a, a good analysis on that one. Yeah, and another one is, especially for me, was um, Bruno's penalty. Now, uh, <laughs> I had Bruno on my team and obviously I had to wait to the 100th minute for him to get a goal, um, but it was worth waiting that extra 10 minutes for. Um, obviously, there's come out news that he's got a little bit of a knock on his thigh, so hopefully he's going to be all right for Spurs. But yeah, it just shows the, um, how essential penalty takers are at the moment. Yeah, no, 100%. It really is looking that way now. Um, the amount of penalties so far this season is genuinely crazy. And it seems like with this new handball rule, that's definitely going to lead to more penalties. I think they're pretty much essential. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's I know there's been some talk about how they're going to how they're going to deal with the handballs moving forward and the referees have got more more room to kind of like make their decisions around, but I still think penalty takers are going to be essential moving forward with VAR. Um, but yeah, so thanks for sending those in, guys. There's some hot, good high points and low points there. Some trends across the community. Werner, obviously, a disappointment. KDB was a big disappointment for people who captained him. So 
that's something which we want to keep an eye on. But I think with with Werner playing Palace, KDB playing Leeds, hopefully those assets are going to return for you this week. Um, right, so game week three. Let's quickly have a look over. So Werner, I want to start off with talking about Chelsea. Yeah. And when they went away to they went away to West Brom, sorry, and drew three all. Werner didn't score. That's three blanks now uh, in terms of scoring goals. He he's already dropped to nine point four. Uh, he obviously got a goal midweek against Spurs, but he only had one shot on target in the game. Yeah, he's gone off of cramp. Frank keeps changing his position. He's either on the left, he's down in the middle. He was he was even on the right against West Brom. There's no Pulisic. There's no Ziyech. There's p- there's potentially cheaper options that can match him within that time period, which is either Ings, um, Ings, Jimenez, and even the likes of Morpé. And you can invest the rest in, uh, in different areas of the team. So, what do you think about Werner? Is he someone you want? You're looking to hold at the moment, or obviously with Jimenez and Ings, great options. Is it time to move on to down down to one of those two? So, I'm currently going to hold Werner despite this game week. I think um, the only reason I'm actually doing that is because I want to save the two free transfers. I feel like it's quite a crazy time at the moment, and I want two free transfers going into the international break. So I'm in no rush to get rid of him. But saying that, um, if I had to have a choice, I would choose Jimenez or Ings over Werner right now. I think Ings playing West Brom in the next game week, Jimenez playing Fulham in the next game week, I think both of them are more likely to score in the next game. And I think Ings especially, I think he's much more capable of a haul than I've, what I've seen from Werner. I can't really see Werner getting a couple goals. Like out, it doesn't really seem like he's getting too many chances. No, and it is a worry when Frank keeps changes his position, and I think they're really missing that creativity of um, of Pulisic and Ziyech. Yeah. So it's something which is a bit of a worry, and obviously with Jimenez, he's eight point six, so he's cheap. You can save a bit, but his next four games are Fulham, Leeds, Newcastle, and like the next cut games coming up. And last season, he got thirteen goals against the teams outside of the bottom six. So, yeah. It's hard, even though he's Mr. Consistent, Jimenez, and he doesn't score more than two games, two goals in a game usually. Mm. Um, but you would expect him to outscore Werner in the next four. Yeah, no, I definitely would agree. I think Jimenez will outscore Werner. Um, looking at Werner's next two games, they got Palace is the next one, and I know it's followed by Southampton. Looking at the Palace game, I'm, I'd probably go on to this, but I just... I think Palace would be very similar setup to how West Brom was set up in game week three. West Brom played very deep for the whole game, 10 men behind the ball. And I think that was a problem for Werner. You could see Werner ended up playing quite deep on the left yeah. most of the time with Abraham up front. I think you can expect very similar against Palace. And considering Werner didn't really pass the eye test for me against West Brom, it kind of worries me about the next game against Palace. Yeah, I agree. And also another thing is that Ings... We'll move on to Ings quickly, but Jimenez is on penalties and you just don't know that Werner's definitely on penalties. Yeah. And obviously with the penalty shootout midweek, I know he had cramp, but he didn't take a penalty. So it's kind of now a situation where you just think Ings and Jimenez look better options at the moment without that creativity there. But like you, I won't be 
getting Werner out because I'm desperate to keep those two free transfers over the international break because some of the teams have got free games, free uh, Nations League games. Mm. And with in possible injuries, obviously COVID with the travelling, it just gonna it's gonna be a minefield. Yeah. So yes, I think we're both saying that we believe that Jimenez is a better option than Werner at the moment. Yeah. But those those free transfers are gold. Yeah. No, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, and you, obviously Ings is very similar. Uh he's got West Brom next, which is probably the easiest fixture of them all in terms of people letting in goals. He's also on penalties. Um, but after that, they've got Chelsea and Everton. So it gets slightly more difficult for Ings. But also a good stat is, so Southampton and Wolves, um, they only scored more than three goals three times last year. Um, so that really shows that they don't. there's not mass scoring from those teams. So it's, it's going to take a lot for... Ings or Jimenez to to really be that really be explosive in terms of the amount of goals they score. It's unlikely to see a hat trick from them. Um, and also, yes, in terms of the contributions of goals, they're very high as a percentage. But as a team, like they don't score mass masses of goals like a Chelsea does. So yeah, there's more room for error. But yeah, I think at the meantime, we're just saying if you've got the transfers, just hold them. And see and see what the international break brings. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so the Chelsea game really the big telling point for me is the defense is crap. Um, the defense of uh, West Brom is also absolutely awful. So Southampton players feel free to captain Ings this this weekend because West Brom can't keep a clean sheet. Um, but I think a big talking point is James, for one, Rhys James, the amount of crosses he put in. Yes, he didn't keep, he let three goals in. He didn't get an assist, but he got a bonus point. And that sh- just shows how involved he was from an attacking point of view, the amount of crosses he was putting in. Because he got a bonus point, he got a yellow card, and he let in three goals. So it just shows the influence he had in the game. Yeah, I thought James was, um, as a James Holder, I was very um, positive in a way about his performance. I thought in terms of his attacking ability, he was creating a lot of chances, putting in all the crosses. I think he was on corners quite a lot of the time. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw a stat that the amount of chances created by James um, in this game week, uh, it's the most chances created by a defender since the early game weeks of last season by Trent. So that just shows how many chances he created. The only thing that worries me a little bit about him is I think he was one of the defensive problems for Chelsea. Couldn't see yeah. well, they conceded three goals. So I'd be a bit worried that Lampard may be thinking of rotation. Yeah, no, true. But some good news for owners uh, of James is one Southgate hasn't called him up to the squad. So there's little chance he'll get injured um, away on the international break. And also that Aspilicueta played 90 minutes midweek. So you'd think James is definitely going to start against Palace. Yeah. Um, so that's good for that. And then someone's a bit unsung is Mason Mount. you got a goal and assist. It's down to 6.9. Is it just a case of when Ziyech and Pulisic come back, he won't be playing? Or 
is he a long-term option for you? So Mount's an interesting one for me. The thing that definitely worries me about him is the fact that you've got the likes of Ziyech and Pulisic waiting to come back with Havertz already in the team. I feel like it's hard for Mount to keep his spot. Um, but I think watching him against West Brom, I thought he was Chelsea's best player. So I think it'd be hard to drop him right now. And he got a goal and an assist. Um, got max, uh, he got second maximum bonus points. He got two bonus points. So... I think right now, if he carries on playing, he's a great option. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, though, I just, I don't really like that fear of players not playing. Um, So that's something I I don't want to do. I think that's a big fear of him as well. I think it's definitely a big possibility that he'll get dropped at some point. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the the first game. The early kickoff was Brighton United. Now, Trossard as a love affair with the crossbar because he was hitting that post non-stop. Like, um, it was like he had a magnet in, in the ball, just constantly hitting the crossbar, constantly hitting the post. United got very lucky, but it's about taking your chances. And um, obviously, Brighton look a great, a really good side for cheap assets at the moment. I'm really having a look at the likes of Lamptey, the likes of Morpay, the likes of Trossard. Um Quickly talking about Brighton, is more pay. I know you've got um, Lamptey. Lamptey's a great option. Yeah. Um, but is the likes of more pay on your on your radar in terms of downgrading Werner down to a more pay, for example? It's something I've thought about. Um, I think with the current setup of my team, it'd be hard to maximise the um, the use of that money uh, in my midfield, which is where I want to use it. So I'm not really sure on getting him to be honest. But I think. For someone who could really use that money, I think Morpay is a good option. I think um, he's, he's cheap, he's on penalties. I think Brighton looked pretty positive in the attack. So I could definitely see him getting goals and he's he's cheap, isn't he? So Yeah, yeah, definitely. And obviously Trossard, he, he looks like he's very much involved in terms of everything good attacking wise for Brighton was running through him obviously he was shooting on sight at the weekend so the problem is he's at 6.5 and I think there's option obviously with options like Foden and that around it's hard to really make a case for him I think yeah no I agree I think if I was to think about bringing him in I'd need to see more from him in terms of actual attacking returns yeah and then United so Fernandez got his goal and assist um he wasn't too involved, really. Uh, everything good about United runs through him, which is the biggest thing you can say about having him as an asset. But obviously, before the season started, everyone was talking about Fernandez versus Rashford as FPL picks. Rashford got the goal. Rashford looked sharp midweek or so against Brighton last night. What are we thinking about those two against each other at the moment? So I've, I found Fernandez a very interesting one against Brighton. I do I thought everything good about United went through him, but I find it funny how his goal and assist, firstly his assist, it was a great free ball, don't get me wrong, but Rashford ran round the Brighton defence about four times before putting it in the net, and it still counted as Bruno's assist, so um, not sure on that. And then you've got Fernandez a penalty in the 100th minute. You could argue both of his returns are quite lucky, in a way, mm. but I think... Saying that, this is something you can expect from Fernandes this season. This is going to happen a lot. He's going to get returns like this, especially the penalty ones. And he's going to get assists from passing it through to the front three. 
So yeah. even though even though I'd say it's lucky, I'd say it's not something that's not going to happen again. Yeah, and especially with Sancho looking like it could happen. He won a lot of penalties in the Bundesliga last year. I think he won 10. So obviously that adds another string to uh, Bruno's belt uh, if it it happens. But obviously Woodward's dealing with it and he could barely run a car boot. (laughs) So I think it's it's a tough one to see there. And obviously what's been disappointing for me is Martial. I can't remember him having a shot in the two games I've brought him in. Yeah, he's been very disappointing so far. I thought Rashford's definitely looked more threatening, um, especially in the Brighton game than Martial. I think, although he's been disappointed, I wouldn't give up hope on Martial just yet. I think he's going to come good. He's too good to not have a good season. I mean, he had a great season last season, so. Yeah. And then we got Calvert-Lewin, Greg. He's taking the piss at the moment. Um, he's got two hat-tricks already. Obviously, he got a hat-trick yesterday in the cup. He scored again against Palace. He's gone up for uh, 0.4 in price. He's he's the must-have pick at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he's got to be. He's 7.4 mil. It's still pretty cheap, to be honest, considering the amount of goals he's scored this season already. Um, just, he's got his second hat-trick, hasn't he? So, two hat-tricks for the season so far. Yeah. Um, and he's just in a great Evans side. They look like creating a lot of chances and he's the forefront of the team. So he's going to get goals, isn't he? I love the way after you slated him last week about his shit hat trick, he's gone and banged another one just to give you the old middle finger. Yeah, I, I, I gave the second hat trick a little bit of a watch and it's some great goals in there, to be fair to him. So um, yeah. I might need to I might need to issue an apology to Calvert-Lewin. I'm, I'm sorry, Dominic. Honestly, I, I, thought, I thought you were rubbish, but you're starting to prove me wrong. Sorry, Dom. <laughs> dear, dear Dom. If you're, li- if you're listening to this, Dom, I'm sorry. <laughs> dear Dom, I wrote, but you still ain't calling. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously, one negative for uh, Calvert-Lewin move forward is Richarlison picked up a, an injury last night. Also did Allen. So they're quite influential players so far since Ancelotti's got going in the season early season so it'll be interesting to see what effect that has um but at the moment he's just he's just the no-brainer pick so obviously keep on going and uh it's also good to see that Seamus Coleman the cheaper option to Dinia's offering that assist potential too with an assist at the weekend yeah no Coleman's looking good I think uh Coleman and Dinier both looking very solid for Everton at the moment um yeah no I think they've got so many options at the moment to choose from yeah. All right. Well, we'll move through a couple of fixtures here. So we've got Burnley, Southampton. Like Burnley are like the most boring FPL team to talk about. Like um, it's kind of like your mates. You're in a pub, and then this five out of ten walks past, and you're trying to have a conversation and bring positives about her out, but you can't. She's only a five, and that's really about like talking about Burnley. So I don't really, I don't really have much to say about Burnley except for. They're looking leaky at the back. They've got a lot of injuries. But the big talking point is Southampton kept a clean sheet. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely buzzing for Southampton owners who kept faith in the defence. I know a lot of people still have McCarthy. A lot of people still have Kyle Walker-Peters. I'm sure they'll be buzzing with that clean sheet. I mean, they needed it really because Southampton had been leaking goals in the games before. Uh, The only thing I would quickly say about Burnley um, is I have Charlie Taylor in my team. And I saw him 
the ball rolled out to him on the edge of the box. I could see he was stepping up for it. He was going to absolutely hammer it. I see it flying towards the corner. I'm like absolutely buzzing. McCarthy decides to pull out a worldy save. <laughs> absolutely fuming. Well, McCarthy had to make up for it because he just can't, he couldn't he didn't make a single save against Spurs. I don't remember <laughs> he did. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like it's a funny one. FPL is funny. They look absolutely terrible against Spurs, but obviously Burnley is a different kettle of fish, and they looked a bit more solid at the back. But yeah, I wouldn't get too carried away with Southampton's defence. Um, I still think I'd be moving on, uh, moving on if I could. Um, and then quickly going through Leeds, Sheffield United. This was quite a dull game. I've got Ailing. Ailing and Dallas look great options. Dallas looks the better option for me at the moment. He's very direct, very attacking. Yeah. But a big, the big worry really is Sheffield United just can't score goals at the moment. And if they're not keeping the clean sheets without Henderson, they're going to be in trouble, aren't they? Yeah, I think... Uh... It's very worrying for Sheffield United, their lack of ability to create chances and score goals at the moment. I really, I didn't really see, I know Lindstrom had a great chance in the game, but I didn't really think Sheffield United were going to get a goal or two or anything really. Um, So I definitely put on my radar anyone that's playing Sheffield United, their defenders um, got a good chance of a clean sheet. So that's something I'd watch out for. In terms of Sheffield United as a team, I think they're going to struggle this year. Yeah, no, I agree. That's definitely a good tip, guys. Anyone who's playing at Sheffield United and, you, and you've, if you've got someone on the bench, you need one of your defenders, get them on. Get them on. Um, we talked briefly about the Spurs-Newcastle game. Uh, one all. I think, don't really want to go too much into it because we've talked about the Wilson pen, we've talked about Son. Um, but one thing I want to do uh, bring out is that Spurs' next three fixtures are West Ham, Burnley and West Brom. They've got some great fixtures coming up. They look really good. So I've really got my eye on Kane. Um, I'd definitely keep Son if I could. And another one to keep an eye on is Mr. Gareth Bale. Now, obviously, we'll be waiting to see what comes back with him. It might take him a while. But those are some great fixtures for Spurs. And they played really well on the first against Newcastle. So attacking assets moving forward for them. I definitely think that should be on the watch list. I don't know about what you think, Greg. So... (laughs) I really thought in the first half they looked really good. They should have scored more than one goal, definitely. And their XG was above two, I'm pretty sure, for the whole game. So to only get one goal, they'll be disappointed. The only thing I'd say about Spurs is, depending on Song coming back, I thought Kane looked very, very vibrant in the first half, but he kind of died off in the second one. I kind of felt like that was the lack of Son. I yeah. think Son missing was a big impact for Kane, especially. So... If I was a Kano, that that would worry me if Son's out for a few more game weeks. Yeah, no, it's a good point. It's a good point. It's definitely something that you want to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, I really like the look of Spurs' upcoming in fixtures and maybe moving up from Werner to Kane is something which I'm going to do moving forward. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out on those Spurs attacking uh, assets, guys, and keep an eye on the fitness of obviously Kane and Son because those two are very much linked in terms of how well they're going to perform. Um, they're like a duo, like Del Boy and Rodney. Like without without Rodders, Del can't do it, and without without Del Boy, Rodders can't do it. So all in all, you got to keep on this partnerships. FPL was key to partnerships. It's like Martial and Rashford. When Martial's not playing, Rashford doesn't play as well, and vice versa. Yeah. You want to keep. It's not just about your asset. It's about the rest of the players around them. So Calvert Lewin, Richarlison's injury. You want to keep an eye on that too. Yeah. Uh, then we got Man City losing 5-2 at home to Leicester. Now, this one blew my mind, really. 
Um, City's defence has obviously not improved at all. They've brought in Diaz. It's going to be interesting what difference that makes because they look so shaky and so vulnerable to the counter-attack. Vardy got a hat-trick though, Greg. Yeah, I mean, Vardy looked great, didn't he? I didn't think anyone would have said before the game, Vardy's going to get a hat-trick in this game. Uh, It was so out of nowhere. I mean, the obvious talking point is two of those goals were penalties. It does annoy me that he's got four goals and three of them are penalties. Um, Obviously, like, they're fair enough, but just, like, I don't know how sustainable that is. But, yeah, obviously, he's done well to put them away. And Leicester looked really good. And the form of Tillemans coming back, they look they look like the early form side of last year. So, yeah, I'm still not, I'm just not convinced. I don't know why I'm not convinced, but I'm just not convinced. Um, Castagne continues to look good, though. Yeah, no, I was about to mention Castagne. I think um, he seems like he's very positive in terms of potential attacking returns. It was a great ball into Vardy and <laughs> very uh, cheeky finish by Vardy. I love that goal. Um, yeah. The, the thing that made me laugh the most was Rodri's comments after the game. He was like, he said that Leicester d- didn't come to play. It's like, Leicester didn't come to play. They scored five fucking goals, Rodri. <laughs> I think if anyone didn't come to play, it's Seven City. They, yeah. They, they stayed at home, didn't they? Like, they, they looked really poor. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Mares, what a goal to open the scoring. But after that. There wasn't that, much after that, though. There wasn't much after that. And they're missing, I think they missed that striker at home. Um, Whereas away, Sterling up front, we'll move on to it, but Sterling up front, I think, will be fine. But at home, where you need, the teams are going to play a lot deeper, I just think it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, what, are you, what are you thinking in terms of City assets at the moment? Well, I think away from home, Sterling is a fantastic option. Obviously, he got two against um, Burnley last night. He, was, he looks a great option at number nine. But I just think for consistency for assist potential, penalties, KDB, I've got him at the moment and I'm happy with just the one. Yeah. Um, their defence is a no-go for me. I'm going to keep an eye on what happens with Diaz, but they just still look... I think the main problem is that Fernandinho's probably... He's meeting a bit of father time. Rodri's not good enough. Pound, he's a bit of a pound land, Fernandinho. Um, so... Yeah, in terms of the defensive, uh, defensive side, I'm not interested. And then it's between KDB and Sterling. So I think Sterling might be a better captaincy option. We'll move on to that for this week. But KDB is the one I'm on at the moment. I'm not looking to further invest at the moment. Okay. What would you think about Mares or Foden? I've currently got Foden in my team. Um, I think bit... Foden for the price is completely fine. But I just don't want to take that. Uh, and he, he probably will play more than not because... Um, because the, basically they've got so many injuries. But obviously yeah. you've got to keep in mind Bernardo Silva's coming back. So what happens there? Torres played really well midweek. So what happens there? Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these players coming back. Yeah, no, I agree. And then we got West Ham beating Wolves 4-0. And my absolute man, Thomas the boy Suchek. <laughs> now, how we didn't get that goal, I was absolutely gutted about that because I was banging on saying it was the, his week to do the business. And they gave it to him in his own goal, which was, well, but it's absolute, it's an absolute travesty. Like, Suchek, that was Suchek's goal all day long. But, um, yeah, Wolves are a bit worrying for me. Their, their defence is usually so sound, but they were well off it and Sace didn't look great again after having a brilliant first game week one. Bowen scored two. 
What are you thinking about? Is it just a blip for Wolves? Yeah, I think so. Maybe they're struggling to um, get out to pace for the season. Um, I'm not going to lie, they were absolutely shocking. I mean, who who would have thought 4-0 against West Ham? What a crazy result that is. Um, so, I'm pretty, like, I know Jimenez has got zero points, say zero points. It was a very sad week for Wolves owners. Yeah, I know. Um, I've seen someone say that they had a triple up and they all got zero. <laughs> so, you can't uh, imagine having three Wolves players and them getting fucking zero. Absolute nightmare. But I do think Wolves will bounce back. And especially if you've got Jimenez, I think he will be one that bounces back. I think he rarely goes um, on a goal drought. So you probably expect him to score next game. Yeah, it's going to be hard not to bounce back against Fulham. We'll move on to them quickly in a sec, but they are absolutely awful. And when Scott Parker came out after the game saying that he didn't agree that they didn't, they uh, didn't owe an apology for the performance and they played well. I just don't know what he's talking about because they were absolutely terrible. No, 100% I agree. Awful. Yeah. They've literally got the Chuckle Brothers at the back, that Hector and Adoy. They're absolutely awful. They must just turn to each other and go, I actually don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, they lost, they lost, they lost, they were at home to Villa and they lost three now. Yeah, I know. You've got a problem. I'm not, I'm sorry, but you've got a problem. Imagine when he thinks they don't play well. If he thinks three nil is playing well, I wonder how bad it's got to get before you say that we actually had a bad game. <laughs> like if they had beaten five nil by Wolves midweek and goes, oh, fucking hell, we played pretty well there. We had, we had one shot. And it was off target, but we had that shot. So yeah, we did. We did all right. It's it's um, very it's very worrying for Fulham owners. Uh, well, Fulham supporters. Sorry, I think it's not looking good right now. No, it's not. And then quick, we'll go on to Fulham now. Fulham. I guess the main the main tip, which is easy for everyone, is they're the they're probably they look like they're the poorest team in the league. Uh, if you've got defenders against them. Expect clean sheets. If you've got attackers against them, expect a lot of goals. Um, Aston Villa, they look good, but Fulham, I, I think it was more Fulham are just terrible. Um, Barkley going to Villa, though, that's a that's an interesting one. That really brings up the appeal of not just him at 5.9, but also the likes of Grealish. Yeah, I think Barkley for me would be one to watch. I want to see how he settles in at Villa, um, what his game time's like. I'm sure he'll play, surely. But... Um... I think definitely if he plays and he gets on good form, which you know he can because he's a good player, um, then you'll be start looking at him and Grealish. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got Liverpool-Arsenal finishing the game week. and Liverpool winning 3-1. Now, unfortunately, it looks like Liverpool are going to win the title because they seem like they're head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, yeah. Arsenal, defensively, I think they're looking good. Um even though Liverpool got three goals, they they can't, they did really keep their uh, their wits about them, and they had a bit of bottle. Whereas previous teams would have got slapped six or seven. Arsenal teams would have gone to Anfield, so I think that was quite impressive from their side. Obviously, Salah got an assist. Trent got his first assist, and then Robertson and Mane getting goals with obviously Jota scoring two. But Mane impressive. He's had the most big chances of any player so far. And yeah. then Robertson, he looks just as good as asset as Trent this year. Yeah, I have thought that so far. I think Robertson looks very promising. I mean, he got he got the goal. I mean, he's in the box for a cross. Like he's gonna, have, what an option that is as a fullback. Um, so both of those looking great. Um, they're sharing set pieces as far as I know. So um, 
They're both good options. I saw Trent got three bonus points, which makes me kind of happy, to be honest, considering he didn't score. He only got the assist. Yeah. And I think also, like, Liverpool's fixtures upcoming, they look great. They've got Villa. Then they've got Everton, Sheffield United, West Ham. Then they've got City, but then they've got Leicester, Brighton, Wolves, Fulham. Like, they've got some great fixtures. Um, So, I think... You might, but it's time to start looking at having more than one Liverpool player. If you don't, if you only have the one, or if you have two, maybe the triple up is even possible because they're by far the best side. And um, you won't find any midfielders or strikers who will score the points that Trent and Robbo will get at just over seven mil. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I think you could easily double up on um, Trent and Robbo right now. I think that'd do you well. And I think Mane and Salah are both great options as well. I don't think it really matters which one of those you have. I think they'll both get returns. Um, yeah, and Lacazette scored again. Obviously, Lacazette's starting quite a lot. It's the price which puts me off, but obviously he's doing well. Aubameyang's disappointing. Uh, it just shows that Aubameyang's really a flat-track bully. I know he scored a couple of goals in the cup at the end of the season, but his record against the top six isn't great. And um, yeah, so for the more difficult games, I definitely think it was the right strategy to, to not have Aubameyang for a little while. Yeah, no, I agree. I think still not entirely comfortable with Aubameyang playing out wide. Um, and as you say, I think he definitely performs better against the smaller teams. Uh, I'll quickly say about Lacazette, I did tell you he's one to watch and he's scored in every game week so far. So still uh, still got my eye firmly on him. I don't really want him, but I'm just You're like... Have, yeah. <laughs> he's one of those where you have your eye on him, but you never want him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Lacazette... He is a good option, but it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't work for me. There's better options, if we're honest. Yeah, there is. It's like, do you want a pair of Adidas trainers or do you want a pair of Deodoras? Um, yeah, the Deodoras, you can wear them, but they are not. As, they don't look as good as the Adidas. And that's what I would, I would say about um, Lacazette. He's just a pair of Deodora trainers for me. Maybe even high-tech, actually. I don't know if, if Deodora is a bit too good for Lacazette, but yeah, he's just a pair of Deodoras. <laughs> Maybe you should get that on a T-shirt. This is the quality analysis people are tuning in for. Lacazette yeah. is a pair of Deodoras, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Remember it, guys. That's going to be, he score a goal uh, at the weekend, he lift his shirt and he go, and it'll say, I'm just a pair of Deodoras. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so that's game week three done. We're going to move on to the game week four captaincy. Now, this is, a re- what I really like about these kind of weeks is it's just not certain who to go for. Um, there's lots of good options and this really differentiates who gets a lot of points and who doesn't because there's so many different caption options, whereas it's not just 80% Salah, 80% De Bruyne, so on and so on. So let's start off with KDB and Sterling. Now, they're away at Leeds. Leeds have been very leaky in terms of the amount of chance, I know they've got a clean sheet, but the amount of chances they're given away, Lundstrom had a great chance against them. And I think with the likes of De Bruyne and Sterling, they're going to really open leads up. So they're great options, I think, for going going for this game week. I've actually got KDB as captain at the moment. But I feel like Sterling is the better option. Um, away from home, running through those gaps. He had a good record away from home last season. De Bruyne only got four goals away from home last season. 
Um, so what do you think, Greg? I'm actually thinking that Sterling's probably the best option in this game week. I don't know what you think. I definitely think the Leeds City game is the one where um, you could definitely have a few captains to choose from. I think uh, it's the standout fixture for me personally. Um, I think I do agree. I think Sterling's a really good option for this game week, as you say, performs good away. I think he'll um, he'll get chances against Leeds. I think just going back to the first game of the season, um, Liverpool versus Leeds, Liverpool getting four goals. I think it'll be similar for City personally. I'm going to captain KDB because I don't have Sterling. If you have both, I'd probably captain Sterling. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. If I had Sterling, I would captain him over KDB. But because I have KDB, uh, he's who I'm going to go with. But there are other options. Um, First of all, Liverpool away at Villa. Now, Villa have had easier fixtures to begin with. Um, And... If you watch the Fulham game, yes, Fulham are very poor, but they still made chances. And against the Liverpool side, which are just going from strength to strength, Salah's had the most shots out of any player in the box. But he only got four goals away from home last season. So what do you think about Salah and Mane as options for away at Villa? I think they're good options. Um, I don't, I'm not sure on Villa. I think... They've got two clean sheets, which turns me away from putting Mane or Salah as my captain because I think they are strong defensively. But looking at the teams they've played, they have played Fulham and Sheffield United, which are probably the two worst attacks in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. So um, against Liverpool, it's going to be a completely different kettle of fish. Uh, so it's a good option. If you don't fancy City against Leeds, then I think um, that's definitely one to look at. I think Mane above Salah for this fixture personally just because it's an away one and there's always this thing about Mane being better away than Salah so unless there's a penalty involved who knows yeah well I think I always go with Salah just because that penalty option but yeah Mane's had the most he's had the most big chances and obviously he's been scoring all the goals since Salah got that hat-trick for game week one so he's a brilliant option he's good especially good away from home I know Salah only got four like I said Salah only got four goals away from home last season um, so that's one to keep an eye out. But then there's two left field options. Yeah. First of all, you've got Jimenez against Fulham. Yeah. Now, Jimenez doesn't usually score more than one goal against uh, any side of the Premier League. But Fulham are so bad that he's on penalties. He's a great option. If I've got him, I'd be, I've, I've got to be, so, I'd be very tempted to captain him. Yeah, I mean, looking at Fulham's record, it's not good. So Wolves, you'd expect them to get a few goals. I don't know if I was Captain Jimenez, if I had him. I'm just, that still holds in my mind. Like, I don't really see him get many big hauls, which kind of turns me away from it. But it, it is Fulham, so. I think that's literally going to be like all the captaincy debates this year. That statement. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. It'd just be, but it is Fulham. So, yeah. Uh, whoever's playing Fulham, like, that's, they're going to have a cap. There's going to be a captaincy shout against them. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to guess that the next option you're going to say is Ings. And I personally prefer Ings over Jimenez for this game week if I have both. The only thing is, yeah, I I think Podent's coming back from injury. I know you got caught up to the Portugal squad today. I think that's massive for, Ing, uh, for Jimenez. Mm. And I think, I just think he's a great option against Fulham. If I had him, I'd captain him. But like you said, Danny Ings against West Brom now. West Brom have been... I think they've let even, even more goals than uh, Fulham have. Uh, so that says it all defensively for those guys. Ings is also on penalties. And you think Ings is a better option than Jimenez, the captain this week? 
Yeah, I think um, West Brom considered 11 goals in the first three game weeks. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of goals. And I think <laughs> I think Ings, um, he's the forefront of the Southampton attack. You could say the same about Jimenez, but um, I don't know. I could just see Ings more likely of getting a big haul than I could Jimenez personally. Yeah, you can imagine like... Um... Like the man, uh, Salavan Bilic going to that Sam Johnson, he goes, Oh, Sam, like your arms must be knackered. And he goes, Yeah, what from all the saves? And he goes, Nah, from getting the ball out of the fucking net. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally been doing it every every game, just constantly in and out of that net. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Inks is a great option. I think Che Adams might finally get a goal. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll have to see. But yeah, I think for me, Sterling's the best option. And then. I would be looking at probably Danny Ings number two, Jimenez number three. Yeah. Just because of the fixtures. Yeah. Um, I'll throw some outside of the box shouts for you. What about Vardy? Vardy's a great shout. Vardy is a great shout. He's obviously scored the most goals. Um, he's on penalties and obviously that's key to him at the moment. I thought West Ham were pretty impressive though against um, Wolves, but then they let four in against Everton last night, so it's hard to know what you're going to get from them. Um, yeah. Yeah, Vardy's a great option too. Uh, if I had Vardy, would I captain him over? I probably wouldn't captain Vardy at the moment. Uh, the reason is, it's just the penalty thing. I know it sounds weird for listeners, but I just don't know how sustainable that is. He's not really having that many shots except for the penalties. Yeah. So... I, I feel like that's going to end soon. Um, yeah. And I'd be more comfortable captain in the likes of Sterling. Um, that's me. But yeah, and that's a great shout. And also, um, Sheffield United away at Arsenal. If you've got any Arsenal assets, if you've kept the Bamiang and you're paying 12 million for him, it's probably worthwhile putting the captaincy on him or you might as well just get rid of him. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. If you're not going to captain him in that fixture, then... The only one you would would be against Fulham. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and he's already played Fulham, so <laughs> um, and he only got one goal. Uh, but yeah, that says, says it all. Right, bro versus bro differential competition. I am two one up, buzzing. Now I'm going to make it three one, and I'm going to tell you who's going to do the business for me. And his name's Nelson Semedo. Now he's just come in from Barcelona. He's 0.9% owned. Just conceded four goals. Just conceded four goals, yeah. <laughs> but like you said before in our last motto on the captain's seat, he's playing Fulham. <laughs> and uh, obviously he's taken over the right back, uh, right wing back role from Doherty. He's obviously had great success. And then uh, on my notes here, so on my notes I've got Semedo, 0.9% owned, ring, uh, right wing back after Doherty. And then all capitals at the bottom, I've got Fulham is shit. So that's that's my notes, and uh, that's the in-depth analysis that I've gone to for that differential. And I feel like that that sums up my case pretty well. Unless you've got something better, Greg. Um, so I've gone for uh, a Southampton player against West Brom. I feel like we've both gone for a very similar technique here for a differential. <laughs> yeah, who's, play, who's playing West Brom and Fulham? <laughs> um, I've gone for James Ward Prowse. He's two point seven percent owned. Um, he hasn't actually got an attacking return this season, but I can see, I, I, you, can see you thinking behind that. Yeah, he's done awful in the first three games. <laughs> I'm going to pick him. I fancy him for this one. I think um, 
he's on he's on the set pieces as per and I think Southampton are gonna get goals and um Ings can't be a differential pick because I'm gone for James Ward Browns instead. <laughs> yeah, you can and even Adams, I think Adams is probably too early on, is he? Yeah. Um let me have a quick look actually. No, you can't change it. He's two point four uh, all right, I'll stick with it. I'll be honourable. You've gone with, with J W P. Alright, the boy Ward Prowse is coming through for me. <laughs> I think that's an well, we'll listen out guys, but like I said, J W P. Blimey. No, knowing the standard, he's only got a flipping play. I mean, he's gonna... <laughs> yeah. If he plays, you're probably beating me. <laughs> just, just find the most nailed on player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait for it to come out tomorrow that James Ward-Prowse is injured. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys for giving us your high points and low points for Game Week 3. Uh, listening in, those differentials, we're both saying uh, Sterling's the best captain, but we're both captaining KDB. Let's hope that game week four is not the shitter that game week three was. And hopefully we've got a lot more high points and low points next week. So thanks for listening and good luck, everyone. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a good game week four. Yeah, and I'm going to make it 2-2 overall, Greg. Nah, that's not happening. 3-1. It's time. It's coming. (laughs) I've just seen United. I've got PSG and Leipzig in the group. (laughs) Oh, Blimey. All right, what a way to win. All right, talk next week. Bye, guys.